Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries. Coming to you from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., as the introduction now says, that was my line uh, when I was over at TFR. Very special guest today, a couple guests, but the first guest, Peter Navarro, is probably a, a name that's known to everybody listening to the show. He was a former Trump administration official, the author of many books, including the new book, Taking, Down, Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House, and How We'll Win It Back. Very excited to have him on the show. Thanks so much for coming on, Peter. Hey, Don, it's great to be with you. And this book, um, Taking Back Trump's America, is not just a book to me right now. It's a mission. And the mission is not just to put Trump back in the White House to restore peace and prosperity to this land in 2025. But in the next um, 30-ish days, we really have to focus on getting the House of Representatives back from the cold clutches of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, that Democrat House uh, has been an absolute disaster um, with respect, not just to the economy with their overspending, but um, there's a, a but the weaponization of, of, of Congress's investigatory powers in an unconstitutional way is really toxic. And in that Taking Back Trump's America book, there's a chapter in there about how uh, a couple of um, incompetence, frankly, inside the Trump White House in the political office uh, convinced the boss to uh, focus too much on the Senate, not enough on the House races. Pelosi slipped in narrowly. We could have held on to the House, no question about that. Uh, but instead, we wound up with Pelosi weaponizing those investigatory powers, you know, a couple of impeachments, Russia hoax, this, that, and the other thing. And now she's doing the same damn thing in a preemptive coup, trying to build a, a phony criminal case against Trump with regard to Jan 6. So taking back Trump's America is like, this is the blueprint and battle cry to stop them from doing that. And your viewers and listeners, it's like, hey, uh, get angry, get frustrated, but, but get involved. Absolutely. Well, you experienced that uh, politicized prosecution, uh, or maybe not prosecution, but uh, certainly the the uh, police state type tactics. Describe what happened to you. I guess it's been a couple months ago when you you experienced yes. this uh, kinder and gentler uh, Biden administration uh, <laughs> tactics. <laughs> yeah, well, it actually is a prosecution. I'm in the middle of that prosecution heading towards a trial scheduled for uh, November. Uh, the uh, the the backstory here, I think it's really good to go back to the beginning, and as I do in taking back Trump's America, to, to 2016 during the campaign. I'm actually one of only three people who served in the White House who was actually with the boss all the way from the campaign to the end, and I had a, a very unique perspective on this, and and my my winding up in leg irons, solitary confinement, getting strip searched 
for a misdemeanor um, began really, I think, with the FBI's plot with Hillary Clinton's campaign to take down candidate Trump in the 2016 election with a phony Russia hoax. That hoax, I watched the FBI perpetuate that hoax through the first half of Trump's term. Uh, we've now seen the FBI um, uncovered and unmasked with respect to suppressing the critical information on Hunter Biden's laptop from hell, which fully implicated not just Hunter and, and Joe Biden's brother James, but Joe himself in uh, a, a scheme essentially to defraud the American public uh, through uh, uh, unregistered foreign lobbying. So, and now, of course, um, fast forward, um, I, I got in leg errands, I'll explain that in a second how that happened, but, but that was just the canary in the coal mine to the FBI going down to Mar-a-Lago with their panty raid on Melania's closet and, and all the stuff they did. The difference between what they did to Trump, what they did to me, was one of degree. They used handguns and five agents to take me down. Down there, they had a, a whole battalion of agents with um, automatic weapons. But the, the story, my story is really one of a kangaroo committee started by Pelosi to abuse the investigatory powers of Congress. Um, down the line, I receive a subpoena. President, and so when I receive the subpoena, I'm very clear, very clear on this, and the law is very clear. I tell this committee repeatedly that President Trump has invoked what's called executive privilege um, in the matter. It's, it was not my privilege to waive, and if they wanted me to cooperate with them, all they need to do is call the president and uh, negotiate a waiver of the privilege, at which point I said I'd be happy to do what the president wanted me to do, not what they wanted me to do. And um, they did not bother to call the president or his attorneys. They simply went ahead with contempt charges. And um, the funny thing, I, I know, Don, you live in the swamp, but I actually live a field goal away yeah. from the FBI, right? I, I'm literally, I could, I was a field goal kicker in, in high school. I could kick a field goal from <laughs> my balcony yeah. and hit the FBI. And I, I didn't have a strong leg, so you know it's close, right? <laughs> and um, they didn't do that. They 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 decided to surveil me out to an airport and one of their cool little operations they love to do. They put me, um, they grabbed me in the jetway, handcuffs, leg irons, strip search. They, they, they really enjoyed telling me that I was in the same cell that they put John Hinckley in after he shot Ronald Reagan. And it's like, <laughs> okay, like, let me think about it. What did I do during the Trump White House? Oh, yeah, I saved lives and created jobs. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, it's just, a, it's just an ex another example dating back to 2016 of this dual system of injustice we have where the Russia hoaxers and the FBI agents implicated and um, the um, Department of Justice, these people, Hunter Biden, nothing ever happens to them. And meanwhile, they're going after me and Mike Lindell and Paul Manafort and Roger Stone and Jeff Clark and you know 30 other 
Trump people, Rudy Giuliani. You know, if you got anything to do with Trump or or your Trump, you can pretty much expect a knock on your door. And then they, I mean, they do things like like take your phones away or your computers away in the dead of night. Yeah. And with Lundell, it was like, it's like, wait a minute, that's my business, right? He's got thousands of people, Americans will like. So anyway, it's it's why I get back to why we need to take back Trump's America, why that has to start with winning these congressional races. And I would say to your viewers, it's like, hey, find a toss-up race somewhere around the country that you can get involved in, uh, whether it's the House senate or maybe a governor's race somebody who needs your help really now is tudor dixon in michigan um she's running for governor she's a great candidate yeah. but she's being vastly outspent by um gretchen whitmer, whitmer. Uh, blake masters a senate candidate out in arizona mitch mcconnell yeah. rhino wing is ignoring him um, there's uh, one of my favorite congressional races is Iowa three. There's an incumbent there, Sydney Acme, and um, she's got to go. And the candidate is Zach Nunn. You can find him on a, on the internet. So anyway, that's uh, that's the big picture, Don. And um, we we are in deep trouble. I mean, that's the substrate here. It's like the economy's collapsing, financial markets collapsing, crisis on our southern border, Putin, Xi Jinping. The mullahs running wild well, all what, over the. What do Democrats run on? I mean, and that's that's what I you know, but I my and again I I you know if you know my history I, I came from the left I'm a, I'm a civil libertarian populist uh, I've never been a Republican but uh, the Democrats today are just absolutely diabolical I've never seen anything like it they're they're just awful but uh, what I don't understand my the, my problem though with the elections is that nothing happened. There were no reforms. There was no acknowledgement of the fraud in the 2020 election. So ha has anything changed that we would expect anything different in the midterm elections? I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I, I foresee even more mail-in ballots, even more illegals voting. I mean, I, I'd like to be confident about it. What, what makes you confident that you think that, that uh, the Democrats won't uh, rig these elections? Well, look, I, I think the two things to say here. One is that I'm not confident at all. Certainly, they're going to try to stuff the ballot box, particularly with absentee ballots like they did the last time. And a fair share of those or an unfair share of those, as it were, uh, will be illegal ballots. The only way we win is not by sitting home and, uh, and fretting about it, but by boosting turnout. Um, and we can do that. And that's what we need to do. And then once we get see, this is why the title of Taking Back Trump's America is really says it all. Take back Trump's America and then we can do the kind of reforms we need to have fair elections. But you have to remember, Don, the problem we have here and then we had in 2020 when we tried to get the Trump uh, results reviewed fairly was that there was pockets of Republican and name only anti-Trump Republicans yeah. who blocked that. I mean, Arizona is like the poster child for that. That McCain mafia there uh, with Cindy McCain um, and their uh, and their governor um, is it, just it's just wrong. And that was a race decided by 11,000 votes. Let's think about this. That Biden allegedly won there by 11,000 votes. We know now from a one uh, analysis done by the state Senate 
of Arizona that there were at least 50,000 so-called ghost voters. These are people who voted but don't actually exist. They don't live where they say they're supposed to live. And we know that Biden carried those absentees by at least two to one. So that's enough of a swing right there if you disqualify those ballots that, that Trump wins. And that's just one data point. Uh, so, um, you know, I think, I think to your point, to take back Trump's America, we got to win that election in November. And to do that, we've got to turn out. And before we vote, we've got to call up or, or go send emails to these candidates that need your help, your viewers' help. They got to, got to do that. And, and the taking back Trump's America prospectively is like a blueprint and battle cry to make all this happen. Absolutely. Well, I'm just wondering, and again, this is why, to me, if the elections were legitimate, I don't see how any Democrat could be returned to office. I mean, what, what are they running on? This economy is worse than it's ever been. We're on the verge of World War III, and they, I don't see any of them opposing it, except Tulsi Gabbard is not in office anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, what, is, what exactly do they, other than continuing hatred of Donald Trump, and I, and I, unfortunately, when Trump came out with his offer to negotiate peace for World War III, I think that, again, that's going to push them into more <laughs> into more war fever because now they have to be for World War III if Trump is talking about peace. But what I, it seems to me it should be easy to yeah. defeat any of these Democrats. I, I don't know how. But again, maybe I'm underestimating the hatred out there, the Trump derangement syndrome, which it, millions of people have it. It's it's. Uh... It's very easy to underestimate that hatred. I, you know, I've seen that, felt it firsthand. But let me say this. In the Taking Back Trump's America book, there's a, there's a section of the book, three chapters, that go into how during the 2020 campaign, we had to fight the corporate media on a daily basis over what's called dominate the news cycle. In the White House, it's a daily struggle. If you, you're able to dominate the news cycle with your own stories and message, you win that day. If they dominate, they win. And the problem with the corporate media, and I include at least half of Fox News in this, yeah. the problem is that, that they hate Trump and they are willing to uh, basically spin the news cycle in a way uh, which is designed to make the Republicans or Trump or whoever in the worst possible light. And in this case, Don, look, we know what they're running on. You see a, a hurricane hits Florida, okay? Catastrophic hurricane hits Florida. And instead of focusing on the humanitarian aspects of that hurricane, CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and Washington Post and a bit of Fox immediately politicize it. It's 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 climate change. It's 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 DeSantis's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's the Republican fault. So they're going to run on that. And then the the big issue they're trying to jam down our throats, of course, um, is the Roe v. Wade decision. And look, I, I guess the Supreme Court is is not supposed to be political, and maybe that was the time to make it. But I thought it was extremely poor judgment issuing that decision prior to, just prior to the November election. I mean, that was, if, if you're, 
if you're and it's sensitive at all uh, to the political cycle, which which justices need to be, frankly, um, that was that was stupid. And so that's the one thing that seems to energize their base. Having said that, Don, look, I can tell you as an economist, and I'm I'm, I'm not half bad at this because um, in, in this taking back Trump's America book, for example, I actually in t- September of 2020. I wrote a memo to the chief of staff for President Trump warning about exactly what we're in now, which is stagflation. Okay. Nobody was talking about stagflation. I called a short on the both the bond and the stock market on Steve Bannon's war room last November. And I hit the top of both of those markets. My point is that when I tell you this, that over the next 35 days, we're going to see a continued deterioration in our financial markets. You can take that to the bank. We've already shaved off over $5 trillion of wealth in this country. Um, and that has enormous implications for uh, the welfare of this country. I mean, these people, they look at their, their, their 401 now, 201Ks, and they go, yeah, I'm yeah. not buying that that new car or that house. I'm afraid. And and then collectively that that, that's going to suck us down. So my point is that it's the economy stupid. It's inflation stupid. The Republicans don't run on all of that and win. They're stupid. Well, well, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of us call the Republicans that we call the Democrats, the evil party and the Republicans, a stupid party. So uh, and right now there are, there are too many of them being stupid. I, I wish that Donald Trump had appointed more people like you to his cat. And you know, I remember at the time, I just, you know, knowing your positions on trade and everything, because obviously we have yeah. to try to undo the disaster of NAFTA and all these horrible trade deals, rebuild industry in our country. And Trump t- tried with some tariffs and everything. But why do you think he he obviously knew to name you? I, Stephen Miller was good on immigration. But uh, why did he surround himself with so many people that I don't even know if they voted for him. I mean, what I mean, I, do you yeah, think that well, was maybe one of the problems he had? Yeah, uh, exactly. The, because the, the, the Taking Back Trump's America book is divided into two parts. The first half of the book addresses that problem squarely. Uh, the, um, the old Reagan, Reagan axiom that personnel is policy yeah. Uh, meaning that if you want to be a good president, you get people who are going to implement your policies. Um, I, I refine in taking back Trump's America to say that bad personnel, like a lot of the ones we brought in, not only were bad policy, but bad politics. It was people who were either uh, disloyal to President Trump or incompetent or both who would create these strategic failures that made an election, which in my judgment should have been a landslide, close enough to steal. And so uh, when you ask why that happened um, in in one of the early chapters of uh, Taking Back Trump's America, I talk about uh, the coming of what's called the November 9thers. These were the people who arrived the day after the election of Donald Trump in 2016 at the war room in Trump Tower. Uh, effectively to take over our operation. And it, it was spearheaded by Reince Priebus, the chair of the RNC, and his henchwoman, Katie Walsh. But the decision was made at that time 
that in order to staff this vast bureaucracy, otherwise known as the swamp, uh, the Trump people needed some help from the traditional wing of the Republican Party, the Bush-Cheney wing, uh, that had uh, plenty of troops in reserve to staff the bureaucracy. Of course, um, it was a, a wildly uh, bad miscalculation because a lot of those people wound up uh, being uh, true to their rhino roots and not to President Trump. I mean, I name names, uh, take no prisoners in the Taking Back Trump's American book. If you look at, you know, Rex Tillerson, the Exxon guy, they put in at the State Department, or Gary Cohn, the Goldman Sachs guy, uh, they put in the, the White House. Those guys had no business being there. Jim Mattis was as disloyal as the day um, is long. And um, you know, when we lost Mike Flynn to the abuses of the FBI, we wound up with H.R. McMaster, a nice enough guy, but a globalist who hated our trade policy. There's a great story, Don, in Taking Back Trump's America about me and the boss sitting in the, Rose, the iconic Roosevelt in the West Wing. He's on one side of the table. I'm directly across from him. He had called a meeting because he was disturbed at the slow pace of his trade and tariff policies. And he had most of the cabinet there and every top official in the West Wing. He goes around the table and he gets to the end and he realizes that there's only two people in the room, only two people in the room who support his trade and tariff policies. It's yeah, him yeah. and me. Yeah, And I see his eyebrows go up. He looks around and it was an epiphany that day for him that there was trouble, as they say, in River City. Um, and, and we were able to, from that point to overcome some of those troubles, but it never should have been. And uh, he's learned his lesson, certainly. And in, in the second term, um, I don't believe we will encounter that kind of problem again. Um, and, and those guys got fired. I mean, the one guy who survived the whole time, who I think if he had never actually been in the White House, Trump would still be there. One guy, and that was Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. He was a one-man wrecking crew who would back-channel the communist Chinese, and just just everything he did uh, undermined everything we were trying to do, and he was just, he was a sociopath trying to make money um, that's what he's doing now that he's out, a liberal Democrat from Manhattan. And uh, that that was um, the catastrophic era of putting him in charge of anything, much less Treasury. Well, do you, do you communicate with Donald Trump at all? These, how often do you do you get to talk to him? And what, what is he? I mean, do you get the sense because you have DeSantis in Florida who has a lot of support now? Uh, does, I mean, how, how do you factor that in? Because a lot of people have soured on Trump. And uh, he still has millions of supporters, but DeSantis is growing as well. I, I don't, I don't know if they could form some kind of coalition. Or not. Are you afraid maybe that they'll they'll split the vote and somehow one of these horrible rhinos, rhinos like a Nikki Haley or something, could, could sneak in and the stupid party would do what they've done so many times before and go that in that direction? Uh, look, um, not surprisingly, I have a chapter in the book in Taking Back Trump's America on Ron DeSantis. And the other potential, in my view, vice presidential candidates or, or people who are likely to throw their hat in the ring. And uh, yeah, I look at DeSantis and Mike Pompeo, the former State Department guy, Senator Ted Cruz, who'd probably be a perennial Republican candidate until he dies, Tom Cotton, 
uh, Nikki Haley and so on down the line. And I come, uh, spoiler alert, you don't have to buy the book to get this. I'll share it with taking back Trump's America now. It's like my take is that Trump and DeSantis should get together as a ticket, uh, clear the field and win the White House. And the, from DeSantis's point of view, it's a pragmatic and strategic step because um, as vice president, he would be able to go up the steep learning curve uh, that that it takes to be president. I don't care how smart or tough or whatever you think you are, that first year can eat you alive. Um, and he could be there, learn the job, and then he'd have eight years where he'd probably be a two-term president. And for Trump, um, it, the virtue of that, he's, he's got a, a, a solid guy behind him, um, unlike Mike Pence turned out right. to be. And... Um, uh, I think DeSantis will uh, will be popular. He's not as popular as a lot of the left wants him or Fox News wants him to be. That's not showing up yet in the polling. Um, Trump still is uh, clearly by a, a, a large margin uh, top dog. I mean, if you put Ron DeSantis in a hockey rink in Des Moines, um, he, he you wouldn't you wouldn't fill it, much less have um, twice the size of the audience outside waiting to get in, like Donald Trump does. What What do you see? Are Are you? I mean, obviously, I've written a lot of, and my second guest is going to be uh, Gary McBride, who's done some very under recognized work on the video that's available from the January sixth uh, stuff. He's talked about the abuses of the commission and the abuses of these prisoners that are political prisoners, been held without all due process, denied all due process for a year and a half. Are you scared that you're going to get roped into that yourself? Are you? Are you? Do you think that they would go to the extent uh, they raided Mar-a-Lago? Would they attempt to prosecute Trump and deny him uh, the ability to run for president because they say he was I don't know whatever they can they could convict him of or something? Well, one of the, one of the things um, I'm a, a PhD in economics, uh, but but one of my fields, Don, uh, way back one was regulatory. Uh, economics. And, and do, to do that, you have to have a fair amount of uh, understanding of, of case law and how the law works. Um, and so when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, I wanted to kind of kind of figure out what the hell was going on. So I actually went um, and did what, what probably few people did, including the journalists covering this, and went and read the underlying statutes that they were citing to justify their uh, their attack on Trump, and it was an attack. And what the what one of the statutes said clearly, and this didn't surprise me in the slightest. He says it says that if you if you did this, which is something like destroy documents or steal documents or alter them in any way, okay, here's the punchline: you can't run for office again, okay. Just it's hiding in plain sight. I yeah. mean, they want to slap him with that crime, and he prevent him from running for office. So I, I don't think, I don't think they're being uh, subtle about any of this. Uh, that's their mission, and they're gonna. And, and by the way, I mean, look, I get back to the taking back Trump's America book regarding Pelosi taking control in 2018. I mean, look. She said flat out she wants Trump in prison. 
She right. has worked since 2018 as speaker to take him out either in a in a coup in 2020 or a preemptive coup now. And look, it's death by a thousand cuts. They, they, they didn't impeach him, but it took its toll. I mean, I would say that at the, at the margin, as we like to say in economics, there's fewer people that like Trump after those impeachments, even though he wasn't guilty of anything, than before. It's like mud sticks. So um, I think that's where that's where this stands. We need to cleanse. We need to have a deep cleansing um, of, the, of the Congress, not just of uh, the Pelosiites, the Schiffs and the Raskins, the Schumers, um, the Lurias, the Lofgren, the AOC. We, they need to be cleansed peacefully through the ballot box, but we also have to cleanse the rhinos as well, starting with Mitch McConnell. He cannot be major Senate majority leader if we win the Senate. Yeah. We, we just, that cannot be. That guy, um, again, in taking back Trump's America, I got a whole chapter on him and Lindsey Graham. Uh, so, look, I think the book is important in that regard. It really will open eyes uh, regarding um, who really is a true Trumper and not not just um, out there in, in Democrat land, but also um, inside the Republican Party. Right. Well, so I, I, I don't know how much longer you can stay. Can you stay any longer? Or do you, uh, do you I think uh, if we can wrap this up, I, I do. Uh, we have, I had you for a nice 30 minutes. And okay, that sounds good. Okay, well, well give, give out your uh, any links that you have or anything you want to promote sure. and, uh, you know, so that people can know uh, where to find you, where to read your book and everything. Yeah, help help me out here, uh, audience. Uh, this book debuted last week um, on uh, Bookscan, which is the authoritative counter uh, of books, uh, at number two. And for the second time in a row, the New York Times refused to put this on the bestseller list. You can help yeah. me drive this book uh, up the charts, and that, that allows for a wider distribution. So go to peternavar.com. And that, that'll give you the gateway to taking back Trump's America. Or you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart. Uh, the books are there in all of those places. And, Don, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I, the, the mission is clear. I think we're united on that. Um, taking back Trump's America, let's get it done. Well, we have to root this corruption out. And I, I've missed meeting you. I think you were at Naomi Wolf's book launch party at the Willard a few months back. Yes. And I didn't get, yes, I didn't get to see you. Uh, Naomi's oh. a friend of mine. She wrote the forward to one of my books. So did Roger Stone. He wrote the forward to another one of my books. So we're close to each other. We have to get together sometime. I'm in Northern Virginia. Maybe we can get together and have a drink or something. All right, my brother. You take okay. care of yourself. Thank I appreciate you. uh, your time. You take Thanks care. for coming on. Good luck. Thank you, Peter. Good luck. Okay, that was Peter Navarro, and we have Gary McBride right here. I'm going to add him to the stream. Right. Hey, Gary, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Okay, thanks for coming on, Gary. I don't know if you, how much you heard of Peter Navarro's interview. Um, and again, I have people in there. Just people listening before in TFR. Now, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to get to Peter Navarro's, uh, uh, you know, a, a big name. I, I, I think he was probably the, the the best official that Donald Trump appointed 
So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to argue. I, I agree with most of his thinking. Uh, and he's he's no different than probably 50 million or more other Americans who continue to think Donald Trump is the answer. So uh, so I, I hope anybody enjoyed the interview. And I'll get to some of the questions from here. Uh, and, but Gary, Gary has done some great work with M5 News, right? Is it M5 News that you're? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And um and I, I really think you need more platforms. So I'm going to give you the platform I have because uh, you are really probably doing the best work out there on January 6th and you're concentrating on it. You're uh, analyzing the video. Like, no, you remind me of a lot of the people. And I, you know, when I was uh, uh, really involved in the JFK assassination research, the people that went over the, the, the video and the footage for that, uh, that seems to be what you're doing. So tell us again, you've been on the show before, but how, how did you get involved and what made you decide to concentrate on January 6th? It's become kind of a, this is your life work at this point. Yeah, well, um, thanks for having me on, Don. Sure. Um, let's see, my background is oil and gas industry. I was an executive in the oil and gas, uh, had an oil and gas company. And then we had a family-owned company here in town. And when the lockdown occurred, we all know how that turned out. You know, we piddled our thumbs and, you know, just waited around hoping to open back up and couldn't do it and uh, lost those companies. But during that time, it was uh, trying to find something to do. And January 6th came along. So um, just watching a video of Kirk Burkhalter giving an analysis about Eugene Goodman is what got me started in it. Um, I saw a couple of things in that video that, um, it caught my eye, and so I started investigating it, and that's what I'm still doing I'm, <laughs> ever since then. You know, just wanting the truth is all it was. I wanted to know the truth, so that's what I've been doing. And not cutting, manipulating yeah, so video you- or anything either, so, like everybody else or mainstream media is doing anyway. Oh, no, you're not. That- now, when we talked to you last, you had uh- – Yeah. You've been working with the Epic Times on their documentary, and uh, it looks uh-huh. like maybe because I and I, I I didn't blame you. It looked like maybe they weren't giving you credit. I get the sense that's changed now. So are they are crediting you, including you in on that now? Not if I, and I haven't heard anything. No, they're you know whenever they go oh, up I for an interview, I'll have to check into it. I know when they, uh, I know when they talk. You know when Joe Hanneman talks, or they talk about him, how um, he's the uh, lead investigator. Uh, and he uncovered everything. Are you getting an echo on my end? No, I don't hear it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was earlier. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, um, he was the one, you know, giving the credit for uncovering everything. To, so, yeah, it sucks. But you yeah, said straight, thought... straight on the last show. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, I know, no. I know, no, I mean, I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying, you know, I, I know it happens, you know, but man, yeah, I tell no, you what, it does, and it, that's it, a, it that's does. A, no, it doesn't. It hurts, but I think but. I thought uh, if Chris, if Chris Gray, your buddy and my buddy, if he shows uh-huh. up in the chat room, uh, hopefully he'll. I thought he sent me. Um, I thought it was him that sent me a link that looked like the epic. There was a discussion of the Epic Times document. I guess I don't. Know, I guess I misread it. Yeah. it looked like they they were maybe somebody. You're 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 appearing on something where you're discussing that, but I guess it wasn't. Oh, that was like, on that was on another show. Um, Okay, I misread yeah. it. I, I thought, well, that's too bad because Epic Times does some good work, but uh, you know, they do excuse good work. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I pushed Joe Hanneman to get a documentary because I wanted Joshua Phillips to do it because yeah. I respected them both, you know. And it's um, really that's the only news you know that I would watch. 
now there's nothing out there to watch. You know, I'm not gonna. Well, I want. I have my YouTube back, so uh, YouTube has let me stream at least. It's gonna end up. So I just want to. I, I I just have to go over because people. I, I get the sense I've had this before when people, uh, you know, when I have somebody like a Peter Navarro on. I know what Peter Navarro is. Like I said, I think he was he was the best of a sorry lot in the Trump administration. He was one of the few good officials they had. He was very good on trade. He wanted to get rid of the trade deals, and they needed that. Uh, I'm not going to argue with the guy just because he's still believing in Trump. Maybe he believes the election results are going to be real this time. Uh, I tried to you know, do what I could. We only had a half hour with him, so hopefully people don't think I've sold out. William Hale, good to see you from Australia. John Brissom, I know he – John Brissom, I don't understand. Blakey is a thief candidate. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Wise Wolf, Doug Walters, good to see you there. And uh, I think it was Doug that mentioned, somebody mentioned about Cynthia McKinney. And I've told that story before. Cynthia McKinney is a friend of mine. And I suggested to her during the Trump, before Trump picked Pence as vice president, I said, hey, you know, you'd make a great vice presidential candidate. She loved the idea. And I, I had a connection to Trump at that point, And people can probably guess who it was. I contacted him and uh, he shot it down very quickly. And uh, it was, it's too bad, but unfortunately that's, you know, that Trump, Trump was that, uh, it was Doug Waters that said that too many times. Uh, John Brissom, Doug, let's see if I missed anybody else. And then my, my friend, Lisa, our friend, Lisa Belanger said that all he did was pin. Lisa, I hope you still love me. You know, I still love you. What did she so, say? Uh, <laughs> she just said all he did was pimp his books. <laughs> uh, you know, I've pimped my book a time or two, you know, as, as well. So I, I'm not well, going to. That's the nicest thing Lisa could have said. I mean, she could have put it another way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Trump. I mean, you know, it, it, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> Angry Tigers thinks I'm purposely disrespecting this guy with my chair. <laughs> my chair always disrespects people. Uh, okay. Hopefully, yeah, Lisa. I hope it. you still love me. Your 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 respect means a lot to me. Uh, but yeah, so obviously people that know me know that I'm not, you know, although I get accused of it all the time, I'm certainly a Trump fan. I did vote for him, and uh, but I recognize I'm the one that came up with the Trump side project. So sorry to take away from you, Gary, but so no, and you're I, fine. I, you're I, fine. I, you're fine. I appreciate you. You know, I, I'm trying to, you were the first one. I'm fascinated mm -hmm. by Roseanne Boylan because uh, this is a Roseanne Boylan, someone who I did not know about until you came along and I think you're the first one to publicize it, that she was, everybody's heard of Ashley Babbitt and rightly so, but R Roseanne Boylan was another murder victim. She was killed by police. And I think she was beaten to death apparently by a female police officer. And uh, I appreciate, I'm trying to, the, in, the contact info that I got through Chris for her sister, I left the phone I'll reach out to her as well. I'll talk to her. Because uh, I, I would love to have her on the show because yeah. we need to, have, and I'd love to have Ashley Babbitt's mom too. I haven't been able to get a hold of her. So, yeah, I'll but, call uh, so tell, uh, how, how did you, did you, were you just watching? Because nobody had talked about Roseanne at all. You, did you just see her on the video and, and, or how did, how did you discover that? Well, what it was, was, um, I had given something to an attorney about Dominic Pozzola. And um, after I explained to him how I found it and all that, he said, well, it, he asked me if I could do the same thing for, uh, you know, looking for somebody else. I said, yeah, sure, I can try it, whatever. And so um, he told me that uh, Jake Lang was adamant that he was trying to save a woman on the West Entrance, West Terrace. And I, and I told him, I said, Ashley Babbitt? And he said, no, it's another woman. And I hadn't known about her also. Um, now, this was in first part of June is when I uncovered the Roseanne Boiling last year of 2021. And so the, uh, 
so I went to looking for went look for her and I found her and got back in touch with him and I also found uh, Jake um, saving Benjamin Phillips uh, I mean Philip Anderson um, and so I knew how Roseanne's body was how she was laying there because I, I saw that side of it and um, so I wanted to know because I knew she was getting hit so the way I saw the hits come was I'm just you know looking through videos like I always do it's it's always find it when I'm not looking for it but a new video had popped up and I knew I hadn't seen it before so I watched it and it was MSNBC the uh morning you see morning Joe or something like that and um when she's talking about this officer made his way to the front of the opening of the terrace to save a woman who had collapsed and later died on drugs you know, she said, then she brought up about another cop being drugged down the steps and beaten with his own weapons. Well, when she said beaten with his own weapons at the same time, the officer with the body camera turned to the right. And that's when it caught Lila standing up. Officer Lila Morris is the officer that beat uh, Roseanne. It caught, showed her standing up and it showed her hitting her, you know, twice in the side and twice in the head. Um, once connected in the side and then two in the head. Um, and when I got that, that was probably probably the end of June of last year. Beginning of June is when I found Roseanne, and then the end of June is when I found the officer. And, it, and then September, before September 18th, the rally in D.C. that was that was held. It was uh, just about a week before that, maybe when we uncovered uh, Lila Morris's name, who that was. So that was it's been going on since. Like you said, not a lot of people have, have heard about it, and uh, they don't give it the coverage like they should um, because she did not die of drug overdose at all. I mean, it, that's what's sad about how they tag her with that um, because yeah. she had been clean for seven years. She was working with people that were that had habits. Um, she quit using because someone close to her, I believe, was died of a drug overdose. So that's what uh, helped her to stop let me ask you something though did what did you write an article with uh me and chris were trying to figure this out earlier when i talked to him about it him and chris the other, or six the other day did you write an article about roseanne or or something with the? Uh, it wasn't that long ago no well i, I probably mentioned her i, I mentioned her I, i'm sure i mentioned her I, I didn't really write an article about her but i i have mentioned i think that how she's overlooked because she's, she's not mentioned in the people that she's not even mentioned in the people that died. I don't know. It was the official count five people or something. I don't think yeah. she's, she's included generally. Is she? Be because I wanted to tell you something and, and I'm trying to figure out what that article was. It was, uh, did you say anything about the chief medical examiners examiners in an article? Did you write anything about? I think I might have. It refreshed my that's, memory. And I yeah, well, that's what we're I'm trying to refresh yours. Yeah. <laughs> Chris and I were just on the phone about 30 minutes ago and, scrambling trying to figure out what that article was that i saw the other night on america what is american free uh press american free press um i, I probably yeah. wrote, in american free press i write there regularly i could have i write three articles for every issue so yeah i could easily have mentioned and i've covered january 6th stuff extensively that and i'm we're going to get to the point where i want to uh, yeah. talk about you in american free press too because and that, that'll that'll be no problem we'll talk about okay. your work and everything for for what it's worth you know we'll promote it there but um well, no, I don't want to put it there. I was going to say uh, whatever that article was, it, it made me want to tell you that uh, the chief medical examiner in D.C. Um, 
he's the same mental examiner that that threatened basically and uh, wrote the threatening letters and um, everything to the the two uh, medical examiners that took the stand for Chauvin. Oh, really? I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, is that yeah right? so it was I think it was that was the article. Yeah, so he's uh, the medical examiner in D.C. Uh, wrote a letter to one of them, threatened him, uh, had to be like 400 doctors or other physicians or whatever sign this piece of paper that they were going to have his license pulled and have him investigated. Really? And they changed their story. Wow. They changed their story from asphyxiation would, to drug overdose. I would, I would love, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to get that information for you here more. So about I just, I would, yeah, I'll get to you. I, just, I don't want to feed that over to you because that article that I saw that we can't remember right now. <laughs> it made me think of it. I, I mean, love, you would love that. Well, if Chris doesn't remember, no, because Chris remembers more about my well, work than I do, I think. Uh, I know. Uh, that's. I was shocked when he couldn't figure it out. He, he probably will, though. He'll probably chime in. Raybo ghosted it said Roseanne has done a lot of interviews with Lionel media in the past. I, I, Roseanne, would she, would she have done media? Lionel's pretty big. Uh, is you sure you have that right, Raybo? Of course, Raybo is also saying that you and I uh, could pass for brothers if I had a wig on. So I, I don't, I'm not sure about Raybo's judgment here. Sorry. Or if I shave my I'll head. take that as a compliment. I don't know if you should. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did wear Yeah, Don called me, asked what color shirt I was wearing. I said blue. <laughs> oh, I guess. Oh, I didn't. I guess that's what he meant by the shirt. Yeah, okay, let's say yeah. that's funny. But, um, yeah, so I, and so I don't. I'm trying to see if uh, I don't know where Chris is because I thought Chris would have tons of. Uh, I don't see him though in the in the chat room. John Henry Jasek Barser. Let's see what we have. There's Lisa. John Henry Lisa. Okay. Uh, Lisa said, "I'm going to do a stat report on how many times he stated Trump's America in that 30 minute interview." <laughs> well. That was his book title, yeah. So I, I can understand that. Okay, uh, Chris says, Lisa's "Which AFP in. articles did you write on January?" Lisa's keeping me on my toes. Okay, he's asking, the, he's asking the same thing. Okay, and okay, Lisa says she still loves me. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because I, I was, I was getting worried. My boss, Lisa, you know, boy, and I know I'm, I'm sensing something wrong. Uh, yeah. Angry Tiger says, it's okay, we understand. Sorry for being sorry. No, I mean, I understand. It's just, I, I just, I'm not the kind of guy that, uh, you know, maybe if I was being paid a lot of money and I had a, you know, a morning zoo type of show or something, then I might be confrontational to guests like that. But I, I typically like to have people on that I, my, I don't understand the people that want to have people on that they disagree with. I, I don't, because this, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to change their opinion there, I don't think of. But I, I think there's a lot we can, uh, yeah, let's face it, and you know that as well. I mean, the, the people you're talking about, the January 6 people, largely, I think Victoria White, when she was on the show, it's, I, I couldn't tell, but I, I'm not sure if she, oh, she sounds like she's still loyal to Trump. I could be wrong. Uh, a lot of these people, and I know the other guy had. Um, I could speak on that. Joe, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. No, she she's not, I mean, uh, she's not loyal. To him at all, I'll tell you that right now. Okay, well, well, that's yeah. good. Because yeah. really, I don't, I don't know how any of them would be, but I, I think it was uh, J Six Anon that I had on as well. I think he seems still pretty loyal to Trump. But yeah, I would think anybody, especially sitting in those prison cells, would you know. But but all those people were were part of Trump's world. I mean, they, they, they that's why they were there, right? So that's why you know I try to the people that are still for whatever reason loyal to him. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to try to, uh, you know, build alliances with those people because we we can't build alliances with anybody on the other side. 
at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, because at, at this point, that's your base. If you're trying to talk to the people that are awake, the people that are awake are largely people that voted for Trump and many and millions still support him. So, uh, okay, it says, Raybo says, uh, it's in Roseanne's Twitter post, May 16th, 2019. Two parts, that's the latest one. He's quite close with Roseanne, personal friend. Oh, are you talking about Roseanne Barr, Raybo? <laughs> We're not talking about, Ro he must be talking about the comedian. Yeah, I, he, I'm sure she has been on Lyle. I thought he was talking about the, the poor woman. Roseanne Boylan. Roseanne Boylan. Yeah, I don't Boylan. think. Okay, I, I'm so yeah. I misunderstood. No, I understand Roseanne Barr. Yeah, Roseanne Barr ran for uh, president, and my friend uh, Cindy Sheehan was her vice presidential candidate on uh, some party ticket a while back, and wow. Cindy, they had a falling out. I don't think Cindy's <laughs> fond of Roseanne anymore. Sorry to get distracted though. But so. Yeah, um, so what talk about the the epic times documentary that uh, use your work and and has unfairly and anybody out there from the epic times that happens to be listening you know really you should credit people that do the work and that's all you know that's all most people can expect at least to get an acknowledgement if you're using their research uh, that's yeah. just you know that's just appropriate to do but uh do that does that movie talk about Roseanne Boylan or what 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 does it cover everything or what 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 exactly it just goes an overview of it yeah, it, it does. Um, you know, it uh, talks about the uh, the police out there with the use of uh, the use of force that they were that they were using. You know, with munitions and all that. Um, Victoria was on there. Luke Coffee was on there. They inter I was with Joe when we went and interviewed. Uh, I say we at that times went and interviewed him at Luke's house, and then when they got done, they set up and interviewed me. Um, but Joe contacted me in February of this year um, for a Roseanne story because he heard that I was the one to talk to that I had all the stuff on it, you know. And so from that moment on, I mean, we hit it off. I mean, we, I mean, I mean we worked great together. Um, I was giving him information. I basically, <laughs> I don't mean to sound this way, but it's like I taught him, you know, what he knows or whatever. Um, as far as J6 goes and showed him, showed him everything. And I had to, I mean, I literally had to show him everything, you know, um, pointed out. Uh, they even flew me to um, Wisconsin where he lives at to stay a few days so they could, they wanted to see if I had everything that I said I did. Basically wanted to know if I knew what I was talking about. They were vetting me. Um, and then I started pushing on Joe. We need to do a documentary. We need to do a, you know, do a documentary. And he was kind of admin about it at first, you know, wasn't sure, kind of timid, I guess, but he, he pushed it and uh, Josh, uh, Joshua Phillip called me on the phone. We talked for a few days and I was giving him some information. And then uh, I had a feeling though it was going to happen just, you know, about a month prior to that because Joe started fizzling out on me and not calling and everything. And, and then the day before the uh, release of the documentary, Joe says he got approval to write an article about me to push my Gibson Go account. And I knew right then and there, hmm. I said, y'all cut me out. That's what I was thinking in my head, you know. And and yeah, I knew that's... when I read the article, you know, knowing Joe, how, Joe is a really good journalist. I love the way Joe writes, too, you know. And when I read the article, it was just thrown together because that's not how Joe writes. It was it was not a good article. And so it was just, I guess, their way of thinking it was going to be okay with what they did because they wrote an article about me. Oh, and, I, and back here by my fireplace, I'm waiting for it for the winter. I got, hmm. they sent me 10 newspapers 
with my article in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be using it in your fireplace, huh? I guess that was bonus pay. I don't know what that. Yeah. Yeah, we sent ten, 10 copies of the newspaper. Well, yeah, you, you definitely deserve uh, obviously credit. Well, tell, talk about. Um, Chris has told me uh, about the, what are you working on with Chris and pr our friend prisoner six? Uh, you're working on something, right? Yeah, that's, that is the, uh, well, basically that's where I got my start at with, as far as uh, the, I, the Eugene Goodman story. Um, I call it at the end. Um, and it's hard to show. I mean, it's 37 minutes long of just nothing but video evidence. And it shows um, that it was planning coordinated but the problem with it is it took me so long to work on that. There's no way that people can just watch it and see everything, you know? Um, so I use the example, like when I showed Chris and uh, six one night, I think we was on the phone or on a zoom call for about it, almost two hours, just showing them a 37 minute video and stopping it and showing and talking about it. So we're just breaking it up into three parts and uh, we're going to put it out. The first part will be a, uh, It'll be out probably, I'll throw six under the bus tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we just uh, waiting on me to get stuff done on it, you know, so, but it'll be out probably pretty soon. I mean, real, real soon. Well, it people, be, so it will be, but uh, well, yeah, I, it is. You got a great guy with Chris and Jason Barker says Chris Gray should do a show. He's, uh, well, he has a show now, you know, getting mad mm -hmm. with Chris Gray. So uh, I think it's every Sunday night. It, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. I don't know. Chris can correct me, but uh, so that's he. He does have a show. Um, just looking at the other comments and and uh, apparently the new the new prisoner Lisa says has much more to come, and I'm sure you probably know yeah. about that too. Yeah, because Lisa's a part of it also. Yeah. Oh, Lisa's working too. Okay, that's cool. yeah. She's part of it also. Somebody tipped me, and I'm trying to figure out who. All right. Good deal. Uh, geez. I appreciate that. Let's see. Uh, who is it? But uh, Okay. I can't find it yet. Damn, I'll have to have Tony. My eyes aren't any good without glasses. Uh, but I cannot find who there. It's not, it's not popping up here. Um, but, yeah, so um, whoever it is, thank you. I'm sure I'll find you at some point. But yeah, talk, so talk about, so Prisoner 6, uh, who is, Prisoner 6, who's anonymous, uh, remains to anonymous uh he that's the one who got you involved is that the one who discovered you and, and so you could start doing interviews and people would know about your work um let's see i or, or I was it was lisa lisa introduced me to well, you lisa no lisa yeah i did a couple of interviews with lisa um i don't remember if yes. she was the first or the second i can't remember what it was she'll probably answer that one here in a little bit on the comments but no i, I think i did two or three with lisa um and then one was Summerall or maybe two was Summerall, but not a lot because I was, you know, I was just laying low. I wasn't trying to get on anything, um, you know, especially when you're trying to get a hold of Fox or, you know, OAN or Newsmax or all that. And it's yeah. just, yeah, I just yeah. gave up on that because it's it waste of time, um, especially when you try to, you know, like getting a hold of your center, you know, Ted Cruz, it's a waste of time also. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I wish they would pick up and answer, but these stories need to get out. There's a lot more stories that I have that I'm going to start putting out. Uh, a lot of them now. I'm just going to get them out. Well, you're, you're doing the kind of reporting and I, I talk about it many times is that 
this you're looking at the face of the media, the new media. This we are the media. We're the real media yeah. because the. Uh, I mean, I just wrote an article on Substack about uh, American Toss and Pravda. You know where uh, this is. Our mainstream media is horrible because we. You know there would we couldn't be talking about all this stuff on on podcasts like this if the media just did their job and there wouldn't be a reason yeah. for you, you to be analyzing it because if the system worked the way it was supposed to, what would happen? Those 14,000 hours of videotape, the people investigating it would want that, wouldn't they? They'd want to see Absolutely. everything they could. Right. So, but, yeah. they, but it's uh, why, it, and the January 6th commission doesn't even want that 14,000 hours, do they? Well, they, oh, they're looking at it. Oh, are know. they? Okay. Oh, I bet. Yeah. They, 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 they you know, they talk about how they have a mountain of evidence and a mountain of videos and all that stuff to look through. <laughs> you know, I know they're looking at it. That's okay. We are too. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's in. So, but so you're, so that, that evidence, cause I, I got the impression that it was suppressed or something. So you, you have the well, access to the 14,000 hours. They have, what they have is it's sensitive and highly sensitive which is good enough for me. I've always said I don't need the 14,000 hours because what I've uncovered this whole time has been off of people's cell phone cameras. It's the same footage that the FBI has been using for the statement of facts. I use the same videos. And that's why I always told people I don't need the 14,000 hours for what I have. Now, what I'm able to look at now gives me, has I found more stuff that's really good. So it's, uh, um, and it's sensitive and it's highly sensitive which is ridiculous. The people need to see it plain and simple because it's the truth and uh, it'll come out. It'll come out. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it, this, cause this, what we're experiencing right now, I, I, this is one of the, well, there's so many, there's so many awful things that, that, that have happened in the last few years, but uh, what I think is happening to those prisoners in DC and Lisa knows more about that, that, uh, She's in uh, Victoria White. I don't even understand because she'll be. She sends me stuff on Twitter, and I'm not. Is it Laura Hughes? I think, or is it the Laura? Is that the one she's that she's really? Oh, Cindy Hughes. Cindy. Cindy Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Explain that because I don't understand it. And Victoria's always sending stuff about how bad. Like, what is Cynthia Hughes supposed to be, and what is she in reality? Whatever. Well, the pro the what she has the reason she started it was to help J Sixers, and then they had a lot of big donations. And, it, and they haven't helped a lot of J6ers. It's, you know, yeah. my understanding is a pick and choose who they want to help. Um, yeah. The biggest thing that came out of it, though, is the uh, the, the, the racist part, the racism, you know, um, is uh, Timothy Hill Cusinelli. Uh, he's the one that was dressed up like Hitler. That just yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's... Uh, that, I mean, that's that's why I would... I mean, that's why she should try... That's why with Trump... Because Trump endorsed her, and so that's why I say Victoria does not stand for Trump or whatever. You know, she's right. she's trying to get a hold of him and just to see if he knows who, what he's getting. What what did he endorse her for? Is she is she running for office, Cynthia Hughes? Uh, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't remember. Maybe it was for raising money. I guess I don't know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I just because I I don't uh, like Victoria. That's her like basically like that's her thing. Where mine is other stuff on J six, and she's. Victoria's done a lot of work uncovering that stuff, and she stood her ground. And she's even had so much backlash by other J6ers, to, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that because she stood her ground. But right. um, those ones that are, are 
you know, speaking against her are the ones that did get support from Cynthia, but there's a lot of a lot of them that didn't. And uh, it's not hard to find that. Well, it's a, a lot the, of them. the fact that we're talking about a year and a half. Hell, I mean, it's going it's going to be two years here pretty soon. Yeah. That, uh, the, some of these people have been held behind bars, denied mm -hmm. all due process, uh, denied bail uh, without charges, allegedly beaten, allegedly solitary confinement. And nobody, I, I, nobody, the ACLU doesn't speak out about it. No civil libertarian outside of people like me with the platform I have. Nobody's talking about it. Uh, this is amazing to me. That, to me, uh, this is like a human rights violation, civil rights yes. violation. I mean, yes. all of the above. And it's, it's, uh, was planning, you know, it's all it's criminal conspiracy. It all rolled up into one big bundle. You know, J John Mellis, John Mellis has been in jail as long as Moco. I mean, I don't know how many days he's been there for a long time. He has still not had a bond hearing. That's incredible. It's just, I guess they're, they're violating, like I said, they're, they're violating every part of due process. And I, I just find it amazing. I, I think we've never had, I mean, yeah, you had the Japanese and the Germans and Italians. They don't get credit. They didn't get reparations. But all these people were put in concentration camps during World War II. We recognize that was horrible later, and they, they paid reparations to the Japanese. But and true, but you know, they didn't do anything. It's just their ethnicity. But this has gone beyond that because these are even if you think there were crimes committed there, I don't think there was anything beyond misdemeanor, whatever anybody's in prison. So this is outrageous. And then you you see on the other side, you hear about people that uh genuine murderers that that are out in two uh, that are uh, denied have bail in 48 hours. I mean, the guy there was a guy uh the guy opened, in the parade that ran over people. Yeah, yeah, that guy. There was there was a Black Lives Matter um, official that was running as a mayor candidate or something who shot the other candidate oh, or shot at the other. Yeah. And he missed, but he was out of prison and he was out in bail like a, a day or something. And yeah, I, I've never seen anything like. There is no, and certainly Lisa can address that more. But there's no law and order. And absolutely, at this time, I don't know why anybody would have the least bit of respect and they should have a lot of fear of our so-called well, justice you what, that This speaks volumes about term limits because when, you, when these people have been there as long as they have, they they do become powerful and they know it and they've, they've built it for themselves. They've created it for themselves, whatever, you know, but they need to kick the can down the road. It's time for them to go. Um yeah, Lisa says not one of the attorneys are doing their job. And somebody else no. tipped me. Damn, I got to figure out who the hell's tipping me here. Let me I thank him. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go I ahead. You're Lisa right now doing that. No, no, you're good. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the things that I found on footage, I'm surprised there's no more, right, as far as we know, no more deaths from the hands of the police that day after some videos that I found, well, one last night, and this guy comes in and he's got his hands up, he's in the tunnel, and his hands are just covered with blood, he's got blood on his head, and this cop, there's two cops on each side of him, there's a cop behind him, and he just reaches up as high as he can with his club and just pops him right on the back of the head, and he just screams and just goes down to the ground, and another cop came over and told him no, was all he said was no, and he just turned around and walked off and went back out there into the tunnel to start fighting again. Uh, those are the stories that need to get out though that right. that's i mean and there's a lot of it um and that's not the big stories but and I'll, I'll give you all one right now with uh michael sure. Pannone. people sure. um i know it was i 
I know 100% was planned and coordinated. And so when I put videos out, I'm not trying to convince anybody because I'm not manipulating anything. They can watch it and take it for what it's worth. You know, they get their own right to choose what they believe. And I'm good. I'm good with that. You know, I did my part. And so what uh, Michael Fanone did when they see the videos, and I've got one that's been out for a while, but Albuquerque Head tells him, I'm going to try to take care of you out here or something like that. And Michael Fanone tells him, thank you. This is right before they went down the steps. You know, why would you tell anybody, thank you for dragging me down the steps, first of yeah. all? Yeah. But he didn't get tased repeatedly in the neck like the FBI says. It was one time. And I don't see any marks. Oh, I, froze up. I don't see any remarks or, you know, burn marks like they said he had um, on his neck. I don't see any of those. Um, but when they when they bring him back up the steps, he supposedly faints, falls down and faints. And uh, they drag him to the back. But while he was while he fainted and he's laying there, his arm lifts up and he's trying to turn his body camera off. He's reaching for it, trying to turn it off and never gets it off. And they drag him out. Yeah. And then they he's still passed out in the hallway. And um, they start getting ready to drag him off again around the corner. When they're dragging him off, his uh, by his vest his vest pulls up towards his chin a little bit. So it tilts that body camera towards his face where you can see his face real good or not real good, but half of his face you can see real good. And you see his eyes slowly open up and he peeks and he looks around and he closes them again. And he does that twice. <laughs> he was, he was faking that whole time. And, and then supposedly he was taken immediately to the uh, hospital. He Boy. wasn't taken immediately. He, it now, took, we're, now we're getting into Boston bombing territory. Chris yeah. Gray, Chris Gray says, uh, Don, they took the reinforced windows out and replaced it with Hollywood-like candy glass to make it easier to smash the windows on the side of the Capitol that was breached. Okay, I, I, do you know anything about that? Chris, Chris is uh, on top of everything here. Yeah, I, there's a there's somebody that I've been trying to get a hold of that. I don't know if he did change the windows or he put a bid in to do it. But it was either one of those two. Okay, uh, I found I found yeah. one of my tips. Michael Michael Parker says thanks for your work, Mr. Jeffries. Thank you, uh -huh. Mr. Parker, for the tip. I very much appreciate that. Uh, Chris says, ask Gary about George Washington University. Was that it, Chris? Let me think. Yeah, Chris, he says, ask you about George. Did you, oh, did you? Okay, did you? What was your article about George Washington University, Don? That'll help me. So uh, I get no, right. I, I, no, I, I. I don't think I wrote anything about George Washington University. I don't. Did you, unless I completely I forgot up. it. I don't think I did. And I, I unless I completely forgot, but I, I don't that doesn't ring a bell with me. Yeah, I need to know exactly what it was. I can't remember. Okay, let's I'm trying to see. Okay, so um Simus Hughes. I, I, go, go, I said, keep talking about whatever you you know, whatever your next I'm just I'm still just no, I'm good. No, 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 you're good. You're you're fine. Okay. Other uh, Chris says other unknown. How about some? Uh, Chris is talking about the other unknown January sixth deaths. Okay, we have Roseanne. Uh, we know about Ashley Babbitt. We know about Brian Sicknick, who didn't die the way they said they did. Uh, yeah. A couple other people were apparently one was trampled, or maybe two trampled. What are there some other unknown ones that Chris is talking about? Uh, there's there's one that I have a video out on that I haven't got any information back on, and uh, it's before they go up the steps to the west. Uh, on the west side before they go up the steps when the cops 
uh, give up the ground on the floor on the ground level there. Um, mm -hmm. and the, this gentleman passes out as he's passing out. He's saying, I'm a cop. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. Mm -hmm. And then he can't talk and he just passes out. And so I don't know what happened to him. I've, you know, he's just laid there. They drug him off. And, you know, whenever I see footage of that area about that time, I'm always looking to see if I see him walking off or if they're carrying him off or whatever. Um, but Signic, I, you know, with Brian Signic, um, that's another one that I investigated. Mm -hmm. And Julian uh, Kahater, which was uh, the one that was all over the news for spraying him with pepper spray and, you know, uh, that's how he died and because of the pepper spray. First, it was the fire extinguisher. The fire extinguisher, yeah. yeah, yeah. A bear spray. They say bear sprayed it. And it was, and it was those, the, those allegations were made over and over again in the New York Times, on the television networks, and none of them ever retracted it. They no, just and they, they constantly used bear spray, bear spray, bear spray, yep. you know, with them. But what I uncovered on there, and I'm, this is about a 99% with me, but uh, pretty certain. Signic was accidentally sprayed by another police officer standing next to him. That makes more sense. Yeah. And be, the wind was so high that day, yeah. and the video was manipulated also. It made Julian Cajada look like he was six feet away from him when he was further back. And you see the you see the real footage of how far back he was when they when there's there's another footage uh, camera that was off in the background that shows it. But uh, as soon as as this this protester comes and goes and hits at the cop. He's got a little, he's got a can of pepper spray and he goes to spray him at the same time. And I know that's what actually sprays Signet. And, you know, and I think about Signet's family, you know, if, if that really did happen, they're being lied to about what happened. Sure, well. sure. Well, they, they were the ones, so, weren't they the ones that, that really uh, helped to um, publicize the truth? Because I think they came out publicly and said, no, this, he didn't die like they say. What didn't they? I yeah, I think did. so. Yeah, yeah well, because of this, he had that uh, stroke or whatever. And that took courage yeah. because you know it's it's easy to, you know, if your if your loved one tragically dies and they're the media is making them out to be a hero, it's kind of, you know, like my my friend Cindy Sheehan has never fallen for the, uh, you know, her son was a hero because he died in one of our pointless wars, and uh, she never she never took that bait, and uh, so good yeah. good for that. Prisoner, prisoner number six is uh, also tipped. Thank you so much, Prisoner <clears throat> Six. Great show, friend of ours. Uh, I appreciate that. And Angry Tiger, tip six. Okay, I think so. I think I got them all. Thank you so much, Angry Tiger. Oh, Sorry I just remembered it. Time. Thank you, Chris. I just mm -hmm. remembered it. Chris can relax now. Okay. I just remembered it. <clears throat> you had an article. I just it just popped in my head. You had an article that you were doing on. Um, the Ministry of uh, Misinformation or whatever they call it, bullcrap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and, yes. Okay. And and I always said, because of what I've uncovered with GWU, I always said if the Biden administration hires anybody from GWU, I know I'm going to be 100% right with some information that I have. Oh. And they who they hired first was, forgetting her name now. Oh, uh, the, the, Mar the Mary Poppins girl? Uh, Mary yeah, Poppins I, singer? The one that sang uh, uh, "Super Califragilistic" or something with new lyrics is that the one that? Her name. I'm gonna have to look it up because it's gonna bug yeah, the heck out of me. But yeah, so uh, they hired her, and she wrote a paper on misinformation, mm -hmm. which is what GWU does. Is they they create these these stories? These uh, they're the ones I truly believe that are creating all this uh, domestic terrorist. Uh, uh, narrative that you're hearing with uh, 
coming, you know, coming out of our government, coming because it's for the DHS. Uh, they're doing the work for the DHS. It's a grant mm-hmm. paid by the DHS. And whenever in the beginning, I say in the beginning, back in 2020 and 2021, when you started hearing those acronyms, you know, DVE or homegrown terrorists or whatever, it would be the same month that GWU would write a, you know, write a paper on it, and put it out. And that's what they were doing. They were, they're trying to, you know, influence legislation. Um, but I, that'll be something that I come out with because that, when I say it goes out further than what I have with J6, that's what it does. It goes out further. It'll go to the chief medical examiner. And then I found out this about GWU, no circle all the way back to 2015, basically not really putting it all together, but it's just one big web of tie. It just all ties together. Um, and that's the reason in the uh, domestic terrorist uh, paper that was written up by one of the ladies at GWU. In it, it was, uh, I think that was published in September 2020, and they had to have an event. Basically, what it says, they had to have an event big enough for the American yeah. people to see, to change their minds, right. to know that we have to have a domestic terrorist law. And that big event was J6. Well, and let, let's face it, <clears throat> you, you and me, and uh, every pretty much everybody listening to the show, we would be considered domestic terrorists by their absurd definition. So everybody really ought to fear this thing because I, I don't want anybody called a domestic terrorist because, you know, one nope. man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. You know, it depends on how you look at things. And uh, this is a very the same thing with traitor. They, they call the January 6th people traitors over and over again. And this yeah. is that's treason. It's like what? I mean, well, the judges is, are calling them terrorists, you know, like Judge Sullivan yeah, calling that yeah. a terrorist. You know, and and there, that's no place for a judge to say that at all. No, absolutely not. He did the same thing to my, you know, General Flynn also, and he had to apologize for that. So it, it's, you know, they're all involved, and it's time to expose every one of them. You know, it's no, it, it, and well, you're certainly doing your part to do it. I mean, it's uh, the problem yeah. is a matter of. Uh, Getting the platforms, and that's why you know I, I talk about it. Uh, I don't know how they treat you on social media, um, Gary, but I get so frustrated, you know, at uh, this this shadow ban which follows me everywhere. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, especially it was on it was on Facebook, and you know I have the five thousand friends there, but it it doesn't matter because when I post something, unless it's something like I'll put a picture of myself, my wedding anniversary or something, then I'll get hundreds of people. But if I put anything about politics, or if I try to promote this show. If I try to promote an appearance, if I try to promote my books, nothing is shadow banned. Yeah. And now the same thing's happening on Twitter. You were on one of my Twitter spaces, again, thanks to Australian Ben out there and Lisa uh, Hollywood uh, that, 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 you know, yeah. uh, were made those early spaces successful. Last few, again, apparently the notifications aren't going out to people and I, I'm getting almost no one in there. And, and people, it's doing to my Twitter. I had Guard Goldsmith come on the show and talk about, Hey, uh, you know, somebody, somebody unfollowed me for him and people take followers away from me. So this is, so you, people like you and I, when they're trying to, and they just seem to pick and choose cause they don't do it to all of us, but, uh, they, it, it makes it hard because we're already fighting with one hand tied behind our back. Cause they have all the money, they have all the big platforms and then they're still trying to rig it. So that yeah. we can't we can't even do what we want on these platforms, you know. So it's well, uh, I, you know that's that's why I want to put what I have out right now. Um, we don't need the big media, you know. We don't need them. Uh, we just need it to. We depend on everybody else out there. That's you know we the people. We need to all stand together and 
share content. You know, I didn't have any following. I, I really don't have a following still. But, you know, when I when I did the first couple of shows with Lisa, you know, she right. would put my stuff out there. And it's that's how I started to grow through that. And that's what more people need to do yeah. and they just share it, just get it out there. And even just still call, you know, your congressman, your senators, whatever, even though they don't answer, <laughs> but just still yeah. do it, you know. And But yeah. that's, that's the only way because I'm, I'm still not comfortable with this election coming up because no, look what yeah. they're doing now and getting away with it. They know we know and they don't care. They're just going to keep doing it. If, 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 they, if the election is stolen again, are the people going to stand up and do what they did last time or are they going to be quiet? And it doesn't matter either way, you know, um, right. Because they're already wanting to point the finger at protesters and call them domestic terrorists. So they want to keep that fear going in front of people, make them stay quiet. And, and that's what a lot of us aren't going to do. We're not going to stay quiet. I'm not going to stay quiet. No, we all. can. And, and, and because this is, you know, again, I, I don't think they're counting the votes. So, you know, Peter Navarro is more confident than I, but he's, he's, that's the Republican uh, perspective now. They they think they can take back the House and the Senate. I don't know. Maybe they can. But uh, I think it's all rigged. And, and again, I'm no Republican. I, I, for the audience to understand, look, I, there's, I've never been a Republican. I am not now, nor have I ever been a Republican, you know, to quote somebody from the 50s, to paraphrase that. But uh, yeah. at this point in time, and there isn't much difference between the parties. I've always called them Republicans. But at this time, the woke Democrats are insane. They're absolutely insane. When you're seeing those pictures, I'm sure you've seen them online of the little girls that have had their breasts cut off and they're, had the, they're showing, proudly showing the Frankenstein scars next to their smiling doctors and their smiling mothers. That's so sad. And, and you're seeing the drag queen story time hour and the, and the mothers are taking their little kids. I mean, this is, that, that's, you have to say that's satanic. I mean, th th evil. this is absolutely this is, evil. We're in a spiritual battle, Gary. I mean, don't you think this is a spiritual battle? Absolutely, hundred percent. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's uh, that's why people need to not not be scared or not be in fear, or whatever. I mean, I I I did in the beginning in January, February, March last year, you know, twenty twenty one. I was because I thought Antifa, BLM was going to be at my front door and all that. But right, we can't we we can't be because. That's that fear that's in you is is doing its job, you know. That's the devil's work, <laughs> you know. Ray Raybo said the the woman the, exactly the woman you're talking about. Her last name was Jankovic, according to Raybo. <clears throat> I can't uh, the uh, woman you're talking about that was the going to head yeah. the ministry of the Orwellian yeah. Ministry of uh, <laughs> Disinformation. That's it. That's yeah, her. Jankovic. Yeah, I can't and, remember. and that's I always, and I because of what I had for on GWU and my my theory, I guess you could say because that's what it is. It's just my theory from what I've been uncovering and everything. And that's what I just, I told a couple of people, they, if they Biden administration ever hires anybody from there, I don't know that I'm a hundred percent right. And it, I was shocked when I saw when she first came out, I was like, Oh my God, that's just another one of those things where it's, you know, I've never done this before. It was almost just like a prediction, I guess, you know, but it was just all the stuff that I had uncovered and looked at and read and, um, you know, I just can't believe it's yeah. unfolding in front of me is what it is. You know, just it's 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 terrifying. Chris uh, Gray says the black hero cop was coached as seen in Gary's footage. Candy glass was put into the Capitol building windows, replaced the reinforced panes of glass. And this is why it's, you know, <clears throat> we can go deep down the rabbit hole with this one, Gary. How, how far down the rabbit hole do you go? Oh, I take a bunch of carrots with me. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, I yeah. do. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's just, I won't, I mean, if I find something, I keep finding more and more, I, I'm on it, you know, and that I'll be up for two days, three days because mm-hmm. I'm going date down. But yeah, it's, uh, I can't, I just, that adrenaline, you know, you just get pumping when you find something new and you're following it. But yeah, like Chris is talking about the glass, uh, what I call the allowed break-in where Pizzolo uses the shield to bust through the window. You saw how hard he's hitting that window with the shield and it's, it took some forces to break it up. And it, it also stayed together. You know, it had that safety film on it and everything. But on the other side of the Capitol where that, I always forget his name, that kid, that Antifa kid or whatever they call him, he kicks the windows in. I mean, he just barely pops them and they just shatter and go everywhere. Um, I just, I find that hard to believe that the capital yeah. of the United States has yeah. single pane windows from Home Depot. That's the way it works in Hollywood, just, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it just made no sense. What, now, what I want, I wanted uh, Chris. Chris brings up a couple <clears throat> points. One of them is the suicide, the suicided cops, and the cremation request. There, there was some kind of weird thing, weren't they? They were getting requests for cremation. Talk about that. Yeah, cremation right away as soon as uh, you know. All of them were cremated. Um, I don't know how they get away with it or how they can do it. I know the chief medical examiner wants to put a rush on a lot of them. I can't remember the last one he just did for something. Uh, but anyways, yeah, but yeah, this and I think they do. I think they also kind of do their part as discouraging maybe family members on how expensive it's going to cost. There it is. Yeah, Nina Jankowitz. Nina Jankowitz. There you go. Yeah, Good job, Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now I can rest. Right. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, but it's. Uh, <clears throat> Um, you know, immediately they want to cremate bodies. And yeah. and I think part of what they do, honestly, is they discourage the family of, you know, how much it's going to cost to ship them over there or whatever. It's, um, but once they do that, I mean, all, all evidence or, you know, is gone. And uh, especially when they, I don't, now I don't know if they've got the autopsy yet. Uh, last I heard they, I think they did, but it was, had redactions in it i mean just what the family's supposed to get they're not getting at all i mean there that's how far it goes um but she didn't die of a drug overdose i mean there's that cop that sprayed the heck at him for like five minutes straight in that tunnel and she uh she had uh i think asthma she had uh before so i i grew up with asthma and i know when i get when i breathe something like that i just it, that's what upsets me and makes me cringe just knowing what asthma is like and having to be on the ground and covered up by people and you can't breathe and you're getting pepper sprayed. Huh. Yeah. Um, just panic would sit in for me. I know it would. Have you tried, because you're doing such great work. <clears throat> have you tried, I, I don't know if it's possible to, is it possible to visit or contact any of the people in prison? I, I would love to know their perspective. Yeah. 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 Don. Yeah. You, uh, I'll tell you how right now. You can get on, there's an app called Give, well, you know, I'll send it to you. It's called Getting Out. Please, because I, I would love, I'd love to, I, I'd love to talk to Joe Biggs, you know, Alex Jones, former guy. He's in there as far as I know still. Uh, if they're in the D.C. jail, and I don't know what other jails have this, it's a tablet that the guys get, all the prisoners get a tablet, and they can, that's how they message their families or friends, whatever, back and forth. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. So it's, um, like, here's, this is it yeah. right here, Getting Out. Okay, if you if you can email, email, yeah, send it to me. That'd be that'd be cool because I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate all your help. Shane Jenkins, Jonathan Mellis, Julian Kahater, Peter Steger, 
Maccabee. Um, but yeah, it's nice that uh, you can talk to them that way, just text them back and forth and exchange numbers, and they, they'll call you, you know, if you want to talk to them. Um, and- uh, well, I would love to. I just, and I wish, um, I, I just, you know, and, and, and Lisa and I have talked about this, obviously, that uh, it just amazes me that uh, all of these people don't have a top flight attorney. I don't, I don't think maybe, maybe even a top flight lawyer wouldn't make, couldn't make a difference. I don't know. But at this point, with this, the way the system is so corrupt, but uh, it's ridiculous that they would have to struggle to get an attorney when Donald Trump has raised, what, $200 million or something from his rallies? I mean, w- w- why don't you put a fraction of that into a really strong yeah. legal fund so that all your people that are in there because of you? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. He, he you know, it's uh, J6ers, I'll tell you right now, aren't happy about it. A lot of them, you know, they talk about it, they bring it up. I mean, I get yeah. two or three texts a day from Trump wanting money. <laughs> oh, me? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my dad's I not see. happy with you. How come you have it? Are, are you still a Republican? <laughs> oh, like, I mean, like, I, oh, I, my again, God. That's why, Gary, I mentioned before, that's why I call that we've called them the stupid party for so long. The evil party and the stupid party. They are so stupid. They How do they don't think that annoys my, my son somehow got on the Republican list a long time ago. And for some reason, they mixed up his phone with mine or something. So I get all these texts every day. It's relentless. Yeah. From these, and, and you just press stop to end. But then they just send you another one from somewhere else. And yeah, they'll have another one. I mean, do you, you think I want to vote for you? And Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. Donald Trump Jr. says, you know, uh, are you ignoring my dad and stuff? He's like, yeah. How could yeah. I ignore him? <laughs> yeah. How could I ignore him? You guys text three times a day. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. But I mean, so do you hear, does anybody... Does does anybody in there have a good attorney, and or are they or are they trying to? I mean, I don't understand why Lisa could tell us. What's more. Lisa? What's Lisa saying right now? That's what I'm thinking about. Okay, <laughs> let me see. I'm sure she's probably going crazy. If I can say. Yes, yeah, she is. She's, I'm right saying, I've got exactly. <laughs> I told you all the attorneys suck. Let's see if I can find. Let's get at the bottom here. Uh, she may have tuned out. Let's see. Uh, you know, I I'll answer that. I mean, are they good? I don't know. I just. Are they doing your, their job? I don't know, but I know this, that what is being done to the J6ers right now, it's it's tough for them. Look what happened to Kyle um, Fitzsimons. Um, yeah. I was listening to that trial, and it was Thursday afternoon, and I knew they were listening to showing one video, and I knew I had a video that I needed to get in to, the, uh, to Natasha, the uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Fitzsimons attorney. And so I was... I had a couple people on the phone trying to find out who to send it to. And I'm making this video as quick as I can put my circles and arrows and explaining it. And she did show it uh, during closing arguments. She was able to submit those two videos that I sent her into evidence, but she tore Ganell apart. She proved him. I mean, he, he lied on the stand, lied on the stand. He changed his story from, you know, she showed him the video saying he's not pulling on your shield this whole time. He hasn't been pulling on your shield. He's, he has a hold of your strap trying to keep himself from being covered up by people. And Ganell's response was, okay, it wasn't my shield. It was, the, so it was a shoulder strap or something like that, just sarcastic. Well, the judge during sentencing the other day talked about how Ganell's uh, testimony was credible. You know, and it's, it wasn't credible. I mean, he lied on the stand and nothing happened to him. Nothing at all. And Kyle was found guilty on all counts. Well, Lisa, Lisa is there, and she's she's uh, she has an answer. Rhonda Tate, good to see you here. 
my <clears throat> friend, uh, I think she's saying stay tuned. Uh, let me see if I see. Uh, do, do I see anything else here? I'm trying to keep up with Lisa's latest. Sure. Know, I'm sure she, she has something great to say, I'm sure. But uh, Chris asked in the meantime, uh, what about the... Uh, don't we have evidence of the January 6th commission edited, edited video, video footage? Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, I found two. It was based on the, it's like I found the first one and then showed it and then they corrected it, but did something else. But it was, uh, okay. It was, I call it the, what is it? 224. The 224 story is what I call it because it was 224 when Trump put out a tweet about Mike Pence and they, they manipulated video to make it look like that everybody got that tweet at 224. So they started chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. Yes, the hang Mike Pence thing. Yeah, yeah. Because the footage that they show has Trinus Evans with his megaphone reading the tweet. It shows a timestamp at 224. Then it shows everybody. Trinus was saying that at 424, not 224. They said <laughs> yeah. 224 because the time on... Trump's tweet was 2:24. Yeah, and so the part where uh, Trent is what he's reading off of that, he's reading the tweet is what he's reading. Um, after we found that and put out a video on it, they cut that part completely out, and then they put um, uh, what's that Spanish guy's name that's on the J6 committee? Starts with A. Uh, 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 anyways. Um, now what it is is his voice over reading the tweet and they got rid of the timestamp. But the problem with that is that they've already put that narrative out there. They already put that time out there. They've already, that trial that, yeah. you know, that hearing they had is all done. And then they. And there's no, there's, thing. there's nobody to question it. There's no Gary McBride on the, on the panel there. There's uh, so many of us that want to go there and have. The oh God. It's, 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 I mean, they, you know, in the previous whitewash uh, commissions, you know, that you had uh, congressional committees that examined Waco, for instance, back in the day, Ruby Ridge. Yeah. Uh, if you watch those, they had some decent Republican members that asked the right questions. They, they got some time in and they, they called some decent witnesses. Uh, Lisa says that January 6th was an FBI frame up. OK, I'm with you, Lisa. Uh, Chris says, uh, Don, ask him about the cop that slammed many women on the ground and is notorious in the D.C. area with many complaints against him. Who are Jason, we talking about there? Jason Jason Bagshaw. Okay. He's the one that beat Victoria. Okay. He's, he's the one that beat Victoria in there. Yeah. Well, now and I really hate him. He beat Victoria. Okay. Yeah. And he, uh, and I'll tell you what, his, uh, before he goes into the tunnel, his, his uh, body camera falls off before he goes in there to do his little. Beat, okay. But, yeah. That's when you're done. Yeah. But that's fine. There's a lot more body cameras that we have of that. But he, he was over by Sicknick when Sicknick was sprayed by another officer. I'll, I'll repeat that. Uh, he was the one, the, the guy I was telling you, I'm trying to find out what happened to him. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason Bagshaw sprayed, uh, you know, the, oh, I forgot what it's called, but he did the red bottles uh, towards that guy when he fell and said he was a cop. Bear uh, spray? Yeah. No, it wasn't bear spray. It was uh, what the cops had is a big old bottle that they had on their arm, okay. you know. Um, mm -hmm. And then in the tunnel, when he got in the tunnel, he uh, goes to the left-hand side and he stabs at, with his baton, stabs at another woman four or five times. And then that's when he works his way over to the other side. And that's when he starts beating on, uh, Roseanne. I mean, uh, Victoria, when he starts hitting on her, um, and he's not the only cop that hit on her because when he wasn't hit on her, there was other cops hitting on her also. So she got hit 
more than 40 yeah. times. And, and for her trouble, she she faces a possible 30-year prison sentence. It's ridiculous. unbelievable. Ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Le yeah. Lisa says, uh, call to action for the new prisoner number six docuseries on J6. I assume that's what you, the one you and Chris are helping out with and, yeah. and Lisa. And she also says, we need transcripts. What is Lisa talking about? We need transcripts. Transcripts from the trials. Uh, yeah. Well, from the trials. Uh, I mean, they're great to have because that's all that uh, that's all that people get to see. I mean, these these <laughs> these trials should be televised. You know, if if. If these J6ers yes. are as bad as the government says they are, why wouldn't they put them on camera so that everybody can see it, how bad they are? But they're not. They don't want anybody to see what's being said in there and what's going on. Um, yeah, that's they, but the transcripts are great to have because, I mean, it's word for word what's going on in there, and you get to read it and see it. Yeah, it should, I mean, I just don't, you know. I didn't get enough time with Peter Navarro to ask him, but I mean, it's just amazing to me that uh, they can have such a one-sided uh, commission where there's not even token Republican, you know, usually get the token opposition and uh, they wouldn't even let Jim Jordan or people like that on there that uh, could have at least, and not, not to mention these people are not uh, getting any kind of representation, but what, and Lisa and I have talked about this too, but I don't understand how after these, these hearings, which are nationally televised and uh, they're, they're prosecutions because there's no defense allowed. There's no cross-examination. There's nobody there. Anyhow, it's on that's skeptical. So there's nobody. Gonna cross. How can these people ever hope to get any kind of fair? They, they, they shouldn't even be getting any trials because if the few that are guilty of anything, maybe you get a fine or something, but how could, how can anybody think that these people could get fair trials after these, these sham hearings? Yeah, it's, they're not getting free trials. And that, that's what, you know, I don't like saying it or speaking it because I don't want to discourage anybody, but I'm not going to depend on, you know, that's why we have to get stuff out. That's why we have to show stuff what's going on because if, I mean, these guys just don't have a chance because of what the DOJ, the FBI and the media does is uh, they release what they want to release. They get to tell what they want to tell and it's all lies, but you know, they put a, protection order over something that you can't release because it's the truth, whatever, you know, what are the consequences of releasing the truth when they get to release a lie? It's ridiculous. I don't, it's, it should be done. And so they've basically already been on trial because of the media, the DOJ, the FBI, yes. what yes. they're putting on out there. They're not going to get a free trial at all in DC. And those judges are denying it every time they want to move a venue. It's yep. always denied. And, and uh, that's why so many are doing a bench trial. You know, uh, Victoria White made something interesting. She that uh, she said, uh, I didn't think about that. <clears throat> she feels that jury would be better because they're not going to they're not as bad as the judge as far as critiquing everything, uh, knowing probably what the story is um, where the. Uh, but I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, there's been a few juries, but again, all guilty, you know, and I think it's uh I think that's also with jurors that are that are on the you know as a juror that uh, everybody else is saying guilty, so they're just going to say guilty oh, also because of, of what these domestic at terrorists DC, no. they have no there's, chance. There's of no that. way they haven't heard, you know, to sit there and be a jury. <sighs> exactly. You know, and sit there and say, "Oh, what are you talking about? No, I didn't yeah. heard about Jason. What is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've never heard of that. Huh? So what? Tell tell uh, us. So, so you you and 
Prisoner Six, Chris Graves, and Lisa Blanger, you're all working together on this on this project. What can I do to help? And what can what can anybody else do to help? What what what, what are your goals with this? And what are you are you trying to put your own is it a, a docu series? What what exactly are you trying to do? This is something I've been trying to get out since February of 2021, and nobody's wanting to listen. If I start showing it to them, they get, you know, it's like a, they fizzle out because it is long having to show the 37 minutes of it, you know, and having to explain some things in it. Um, or they'll start, someone will start arguing about it, certain things, you know. And so, and I'll try like heck getting it out to mainstream media because it uh, it'll show how the, how there's people involved for each, I call surge one and surge two. Um, with with getting through search one and search two, um, it shows what the cops did to separate the crowd down on the ground uh, when search one happened. It's at the same time it started is when they started playing that announcement on the LRAD. Um, everything just was just coordinating. You can you can see it in the video. And and what's hard about showing is I can't just play it and then just hopefully you get to understand it unless you want to sit with me for two hours and we have to explain it or whatever. So the easiest thing to do is just to break it down into three parts and, uh, and show it that way because uh, it'll, it'll, you'll see there's, I mean, uh, some of the guys that are in there, um, they got out on their own recognizance. They, they didn't have to pay anything. They got out. Um, they got to go home and wait for trial, which they haven't even been to one yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them have already gone through theirs and they got a slap on the wrist basically. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm keeping track of all that because those who I have red flags for, and some were in jail this whole, for a long time. Yeah. And people say, well, it's not him because he's in jail. And I said, that doesn't matter. He's doing his job, you know, mm-hmm. he's, that's his job to go to jail. What, what, what do you think, uh, is there a, um, is there a common thread between the people that have, because as you said, not everybody went, I know some of the people that didn't go to jail. Victoria didn't go to jail. But um, what is the common thread between the people that are being irrationally and against all legal, you know, <laughs> legal uh, sanctions? Why are they being held for a year and a half? Is there some common thread? I know Joe Biggs has been portrayed as some kind of leader of the Proud Boys or something, but what are the people that are in prison? Are they are they accused of especially heinous crimes? I mean, what 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 are the what's the commonality there? No, I mean, yeah. Speaking for the guys on the west, that was at the west side on the west terrace. Um, when they started fighting with the police, what they told me last year, early last year, or well, one of them did, and then I never told the other ones what I what I had known or what was told to me. You know, always I didn't want to give them, I didn't want to plant a seed in their head and give them an idea that, oh, this is a story I need to run with or whatever. You know, I did I would I'd be uncomfortable with myself if I did that, you know. So right. they came to me, you know, each time with it. And these were separated quite a, quite a ways apart. But it was the cops hitting women, the cops hitting women. They got tired of seeing the cops hitting women. And that's when they snapped at the ter- West Terrace because um, Roseanne was on the ground. Now, I could say all, all day long that. A.W. Officer A.W. used his foot to kick Roseanne's leg out of the way while she was on the ground. There's not clear enough footage to see it, but I can just tell by what he does with his leg and his body motion. And that's what that's what made Shane Jenkins start doing what he did 
because he's got tires. He he got hit also. He was standing next to Victoria in the tunnel. And he got hit in the head by Jason Bagshaw also. Uh, and so, you know, he was a witness to that as well. So it's just uh, the, the brutality by the police is not being discussed. Um, and when you hear a video of them on their body camera, they're having fun. They're talking about it when they're when they're taking a break in the crypt yeah. or somewhere. They're talking about how they beat the out of somebody, and they're sitting there showing uppercuts. I kick one guy, and then you know what? And the they're left, laughing about it. The and, left, and, the, the left has finally found a police force they can love. Oh, uh, they they love these police. What is? Oh, this is old school. This is old school. You know, and it's like my gosh, man. That's you know. You don't hear anybody that was at the protest talking and bragging about what they did to an officer, but right. what the officers now there are good cops and bad cops. They always say that, and there's also there's good protesters and bad protesters as well. Sure. You know, but what the uh, what the cops did to some of those people was just heinous. Oh my God, outrageous! And the January sixth commission yeah. once they, they if they tried to get the butt, but they're not even consider all well, the fact that the cop that shot Ashley Babbitt had previously been uh, for a long time that withheld his name had previously uh, been caught leaving a loaded his loaded revolver in the bathroom at the Capitol. I mean, can you be more irresponsible than that? Nothing yeah. happened to him and nothing happened to him here. Uh, Laura Rubin, my friend, Laura Rubin, I think, Laura, I think you, this is Gary McBride. I, I think she, this is, I think this is for Gary it says you can contact daily wire. If you want to document one six, they are producing film. That's possibility. I mean, daily wire has done uh like Tucker Carlson has done some uh, some good reporting on this. I mean, I'm sure that it hasn't been, you know, maybe as good as we would like, but compared yeah. to the rest of the media. So you never know. I mean, you could try to contact them, try to get somebody to produce it because you have so much. You've got a story there. You've got a lot of story there. It needs to be told. And I, I hope you can get, uh, you know, the right platform. And I can certainly try to help you to what degree I can with American Free Press. We can, I can interview well, I know, you. In our, I what, that's, that's what Lisa and six and chris chris has been on the horn for a lot you know a lot last couple of weeks um, yeah trying to get these stories out and i man i tell you what i that's what it takes i couldn't do nothing without those those people you know because it's you can't do it by yourself it's not you're not gonna get it done by yourself and so you just got to surround yourself with the right people and uh and just lock arms and push forward that's all we can do that's what we're gonna do so no, that's all we can do. And uh, but you you do have great put. Chris has been obviously such a great help to me. Lisa Prisoner Six has got a great new show too. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Gardner Goldsmith tipped me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Gardner Great, great job, guys. I can't stay to type, but want to send a virtual five. Rock on. Thank you. And you also sent a tip. Well, I appreciate that. Guard Gardner Goldsmith does some great work himself. As uh, people probably know. So uh, you got a lot of, you know, people are starting to know who you are, Gary. And, uh, you know, we said, I can, I can do um, an interview with you for American free press. I think they would go for that. And then maybe we can do a follow-up story on uh, the work you and Chris and, and prisoner six and uh, Lisa are doing to try to put together something because uh, obviously you need uh, you, you need money, I guess, for that. I mean, what, what would you need people? What would you need from people? Would you need, financial support for that or what would you need oh yeah i mean that's just i, I mean i'm not i don't draw a salary from anywhere uh right I, at all anymore um 
So and God knows, got, the, God knows, investing, very, exposing conspiracies doesn't pay well. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I was say, but, you know, God always supplies; it never, never fails. You know, and right when the lights fix to go off, you know, something will come in. So, and, 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 and you this, know, it's that's, yeah, and this well, is, is spiritual. But, you know, just, yeah. This is it a is spiritual battle. I mean, we're because I mean, if you look at uh, the more and more I look at this, my friend Bob Wilson, and I talk about this all the time. Where when you look at some of these things, uh, some of the things that the people, and again, the people that are in power now that have, have taken over this country completely, a stranglehold on it. These are the people that are keeping those prisoners in jail. These are the people that created the January Sixth Commission. These are the people that are lying and suppressing the truth to people like you. Are trying to expose, but you just look at the other stuff they're doing, and again, the cultural stuff. I mean, there's no other. I, I, I don't. Is there anything beyond uh, something satanic that would influence, uh, that would create a school policy? To we think it's a good idea to have men dressed as women, half naked, come in and shake their butts in the face of little kid, really little kids. What, what there's what? only there's only one answer to that and you said it you know yeah. it is it is i mean that's it's it's uh that's what it is <laughs> there's look how fast and quick it happened you know um and there was really no i mean there was some you know fighting against it or whatever you know and but but still they yeah. just they pushed it pushed it and got it through they're just gonna do right. what they want to do well i think uh, yeah I think that, and that's where they're coming from they have no more morals and they're being motivated i think by evil know. by the dark side Laura says uh, Daily Wire did the what is a what is that was that the Matt Walsh film I don't know if they maybe they produced that for him what is a woman that was that was good uh, I don't know if they touched the subject uh, she used the right yes this is Gary this is Gary McBride Laura Laura is a fascinating character herself and uh, she uh, I wrote was, her name uh, part, down yeah yeah she was well, she was part of Andy Warhol's group okay. way back when she's no, well, uh, and somehow she's uh, she uh, she criticizes me a lot, but that she keeps she keeps me on my toes. But that's good for us. That's right. Yes, I found my work, so I you know I'm I'm always amazed at that. So uh, we have lots and lots of cool people here. Uh, let's see if we have I mean, any somebody other questions. To criticize us and keep us in the line. So yeah, no, you got him, and and I you know I have thick skin, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's see, Jason Barker. Good to see you here. Rhonda Tate says it is a spiritual battle. Absolutely. Um, yep. so where, so it, oh, let's see if I find anything else here. Uh, always said, Jason says it always has been a spiritual battle. Absolutely. And I think more people are seeing that now that, uh, you know, this, this really is a, this is, you know, like you want to prefer to watch, you know, call like a watching a movie. This is good versus evil. And, yeah. uh, I, I want to be on the good side, Gary. I'm sure you do too. Well, I'll, I'll be straight up with you. I'm a spirit filled believer. And I, I, I was a kid's pastor Me for too. 12 years. And, um, you know, it's like the time when I was in the, my, my, uh, office bawled my eyes out cause my wife left, you know, and I'm blaming God and, you know, telling him if, if you're real, you better prove it to me now. Cause I was, I was angry, you know, but anyways, that's when it, you know, God spoke to my heart said, use what I gave you. You won't have it for long. So I, I started using it. But when I left, when I came back from Florida, uh, Peter Tickton, which is Trump's attorney, they flew me there for two weeks to help uh, these three ladies that were starting a new group in his with his firm with uh, J6 stuff so that he wanted me to help them get started and, and talk to him about what I have and showed them stuff. And um, that was 
what I understood the way he was talking to me, because I was looking at moving to Florida was maybe this would turn into a job, you know, we'll talk about it when you get here, but never talked about it. Nothing really ever happened. Like I said, like they said it was. So I'm out there praying one day, just going, my gosh, man, what God, what's going on? <laughs> you know, why? You just, so when I, when I flew to DFW and I got off the plane and I got my, uh, my bag and I'm walking out of the airport, I walk out, it's like I hit a wall. And because my my wife and my kids used to pick me up from there when I would come back from Pennsylvania, New York, Texas, wherever I was at when I was in the oil and gas. So I always had my family there picking me up and they weren't there, you know, and just those, you know, those memories rolling in. And But I could not leave that airport. I did not want to go home. I felt like I was not at home for the first time I ever when I got off. I didn't feel sure. like I was at home. So, you know, and that was 730 at night. Well, 1130 the next morning is when I left. But that night when I was outside and I just couldn't go home, I, was, I started praying. And, and so because I've been trying to get this to attorneys and trying to get them to listen to me. And God always is he, it's like there's humor in it when I something's laid on my heart. OK. And so he says, so what he's laid on my heart. So how are the attorneys working out for you? So I laugh. That's, <laughs> so how are the attorney working out for you? And I laugh. Hey, my people are going to do this. My people, my people, my people. And from that moment on, I've changed it to include people, you know, getting reaching out to people. Um, you know, this I mean, this is how, I, you know, not long after that was when uh, I think Lisa was the one that got me on uh, sixes. Yeah. Show. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and so I was on there and we got to get, you know, so it's and then you, you start hearing more people talking about, you know, of course, we the people, you know, that's but it's uh that's what's going to do it. It's not going to be a, an attorney. It's not going to be a politician. You know, it's, it's not, right. it, it's going to be, it's going to be us and it has to be us. And there's a reason it has to be us because it is a spiritual battle. And, uh, God wants his ambassadors and those people that are going to fight out there doing it because who better to do it than us. Absolutely. And you I said, I just, and I, I'm so sorry to hear about your wife, but I think I told you before, yes, I mean, this is, it's, it's such a common story, not just in this, what you're doing, but these kinds of things, you know. You know, you talked about yourself a, probably a month or so ago. Yeah. And I didn't even know about it. And I'm like, holy crap, that's that's well, me. It's just, just a mirror. You know? Well, I mean, it's, it's it's you know, these. I've got three sons. One talks to me every once in a while. Yeah. Well, that's and I, I it, it's, it's it's really awful. And it but what is it, this is a battle. And unfortunately, not everybody has seen the light and uh, so many people that are gravitating to that darkness and are preferring to believe the lies and embracing the corruption. But the, yeah. it's, it's, you know, this is, it's terrible. What is that? It's not just, you know, now things have gotten much worse, but people I've talked to uh, in the past, 9-11 people, uh, families broke up over this JFK assassination. Hell, UFO people, you know, I mean, there's families break up over anything controversial where you're going against the grain. And if you, if you, as you, you, you see this as a crusade for the truth and you should, but unfortunately uh, a lot of times uh, your family doesn't go along with it. So it's, I, I, my hat's off to you to do it because you're a lot of people buckle, you know, when it, it gets, I don't know if your wife gave you that ultimatum, but well, some, no, it, you know, part of it was my fault too, because I did get so busy in doing this, you know, I'd go to bed at three in the morning, you know, yeah, she would get mad. You know? Right. Well, you know, if you, you can, know, if, and, but, if, if you ever get a chance, what I'm doing and trying to, you know, no, like, you should. And if you, I don't know if you have you ever seen Oliver Stone's JFK? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you see, I mean, you should be able to relate to that where, uh, you know, when Kevin Costner is arguing with his wife, who ultimately betrayed him and left him. And yeah. uh, but she, you know, he was and he said, you know, damn, Liv, I can't fight the whole world and you, too. And that's exactly what he said. She was just saying, oh, can't you drop the, J- the Warren Commission for a second? And that's what happens. And uh, just yeah, to give you the measure, sure. give you the measure of, of, of a heroic story, just quickly about Jim Garrison. My friend John Barber told me that after his wife left him, betrayed him, uh, you know, I think, you know, because he needed her most and she left. He caved to the pressure when he was trying to do something great. He had the character and the decency when, she, when he was on his deathbed, they were divorced. He summoned her to the deathbed and remarried her. Wow. So that so she could get his pretty lucrative pension. And uh, I, I thought to wow. me, that's 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 a profiling courage. And there's and there's Tony Artemer. Tony, yeah. have, you been to the show? have you been listening to the hey, show? Tony. I, I didn't get the last uh, 10 minutes because I was talking to Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, <laughs> Freeworld.fm. So he called. Oh, in. OK. There you I go. thought I'd join you for the last few minutes just to uh, make sure uh, you didn't need anything from me. Don, the show sounded great all the way up until I was talking to Billy. Well, that's great. Well, that's great. Well, yeah. And, you know, Gary's doing a great job. And Lisa says, I don't criticize. I know you just keep me on your, my toes, Lisa. She's always telling me that uh, you're the only one that doesn't think I'm shadow banned. I'm just trying to tell you, it doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> I'm not shadow banned. Oh, she, she, yeah. But uh, so what did Tony, did you have any questions for uh, Gary or? No, you guys covered everything. I just wanted to make sure I got your your outros and your intros looking good. And um, it's a smart show on both guests. Yeah, no, I think, and I, you know, I, 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 I people are a little, uh, Jason Barker says, Tony, with a bunch of exclamation points. So <laughs> the crowd got excited, Tony, when you walked into the room. <laughs> and I heard, I heard you on, uh, I heard you on David Knight this week where you, uh, you let out the big secret that David Knight didn't know about you being a, a, a powerlifting champion. Yeah, I was David a world champion powerlifter a few different times. And uh, yeah, I, I never, I never talked to him about. It. I didn't think that was relevant. Like, hey, you know, this is the new world order, and we're talking about history. And but by the way, did you know I could bench press over five hundred pounds when I was? You know, I don't know that never came up. So uh, uh, Tony's ready to, to to fight the new world order big time. But uh, I'm an old man now, Don. But I, I can still, I still got old man strength. You know, and I'm, I'm meaner than uh, I was. Yeah. When I was, when I was yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, we need we need all we can do because this is uh, the battle is, uh, you know, rages on and it just it gets more outrageous yeah, every day. Yeah. We're on the verge of World War Three. And like I said, you know, we'll probably talk about that tomorrow a little bit, Tony. But I, I yes. thought this is a perfect thing where Trump comes out with his uh, offer to broker peace in the Middle East. And I said, you know how that much that's going to entrench the other side to want war? I mean, said, I mean, if they hesitated before, oh my God! That's- yeah, yeah. But what Trump should have done is just said how much he loves Zelensky, and we need to get this war on. Yes, yes. Said, No, those two guys are in colluding. He's colluding with Zelensky. And then, yeah, I, know. I know. Yeah, that was only Trump could bring it down. But uh, you know, I'm gonna see if I missed anybody in the chat. Right, Chris is uh, Chris Gray is over there. Lisa Belanger, all the all the usual suspect. Gardner Goldsmith was in there. Uh, long enough to leave a nice tip. Uh, who else do we have Gard, here? Uh, six. Salt of the earth, good human being. Smart guy. Very smart John, man. Gard, John Ray 3777 wants to know, what was your maximum weight lifted, Tony? 
Uh, well, I think my best, uh, so it's funny because I had to peak at 21 because uh, it was 2001 and I, I was on the U S team. I, I set a couple of records before then, but, uh, the, the best lifts I had and uh, were, were that I ever had were, um, so I had 675 deadlift, uh, a 660 squat or so. And, um, a bench press was, uh, around 520 and some change. Wow. Well, J Jason Barker uh, gave us a tip. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Rhonda says Tony is bigger than Elvis. Jeez. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Wow. Bigger than Elvis, huh? Um, and what was right. the backstory to that? I don't want to hear that. Yeah. In what way, Rhonda? I'm a little <laughs> jealous, <laughs> Rhonda. <laughs> I think she means like stature wise. Like, you know, I have a 50 size yeah, okay, sport well. coat. Yeah, no. <laughs> maybe that's it. No, no, I think she means like you're a, a star. I guess I, that's what I think that's what she's saying. Yeah, that's very I don't kind. Know, she's saying John Henry three says says wow in terms of how much weight you lifted. Prisoner number six says damn, and I don't know if Rhonda's <laughs> going to explain how you're bigger than Elvis, but uh, we're just about at it. Uh, you want to uh, Gary? You want to give out any links or whatever? Close however you want and tell people how they can find you because it's very important, or maybe how they can donate to try to get this uh, oh fame. Rhonda says fame in terms of fame, um, in terms of how maybe people can help you, uh, you and Chris and Prisoner Six and uh, Lisa try to get uh, this thing off the ground, the docu series. Yeah, that's uh, they can find me at my website m5newsgate.com, and then in, from there you can find my YouTube and Rumble and, and everything else. Uh, keep it simple, um, and then the New Prisoner podcast is where we're going to have the uh, that Doctor Series come out the first part, and then the next two will be right after that, of course. I mean, it won't be that long after that. Um, but that's just about it. You know, my go is on my website. Um, that's what we're trying to do is raise money for this because we want to be able to put out more content, you know, better content as well. You know, so that's going to take equipment. Um, but it'll come. You know, we just keep doing what we're doing right now and uh, and just thankful people that are seeing it are starting to see it and it just starts spreading from there. Just, just what it's going to take. Just more eyes on it and then we the people just banding together and pushing through and doing it. That's simple. Very as that. cool. Yeah. And, and Rhonda Tate, before we go, uh, you have a fan over here, Raybo ghosted. Uh, he says, Rhonda Tate, you rock over on YouTube. So you do rock, but uh, certainly uh, you rock Gary McBride again. Thank, you're yeah. doing a lot of great work and I, I hope people support you. We'll talk more about uh, getting something written uh, in, the, in the American free press and whatever else we can do to help you because Somebody's got to help these political prisoners, and you're doing all you can to do to get the uh, the truth out there. So I appreciate it. Thanks so much, my friend, for you're being welcome. on the show. Thanks, so, y'all. I appreciate listening. you. And I'll know to hang up this time. I won't okay. <laughs> thanks, everybody in the chat room. <laughs> thanks, everybody on YouTube. Thanks for listening to I Protest. Thanks for watching. Take care.